talking about sex is awkward, <laughs> even when you're married. So our guest today gives us a framework to make that conversation a bit easier. So today, Susan Acker, sex and erotic blueprints coach, will share about how each of us are wired differently sexually and how to tap into your spouse's way of getting turned on in order to build more intimacy and connection. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Danielle and Justin, and you are listening to the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is episode 63, and every week we are bringing you inspiration, encouragement, and of course, a challenge to help you build more intimacy and connection in your marriage. And we'll have a whole lot of fun and laughter along the way. Ha, 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 ha. Well, I, we definitely have some laughs in this episode, but it might be some more awkward laughter because this month we are bringing you sex, sex, and more sex. <laughs> and a side of sex. So if you tend to listen to this podcast with your little ones, you have been warned. Probably should have warned them before we screamed sex four or five times there. Probably. <laughs> but it's rare that we have a focus on sex because a lot of times we shy away from these conversations because they feel vulnerable, you know, awkward, scary, even yeah. with the two of us. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but the problem comes when you stop talking about those things that matter, like sex, and you just kind of take them off the table and avoid them because in comes isolation. Yes. And you become to feel more and more alone when you don't talk about those things that truly matter. But we want to have those conversations to build more intimacy and connection between us. So let's do it. Yes. The problem is that we don't know how to have conversations about something so intimate, so personal, so vulnerable as our sexuality, even in the context of marriage, because what tends to happen is we elicit defensiveness, resentment, judgment, and somebody ends up sleeping on the sofa. Yeah. Let's not go there. So today's show is really about giving you a framework to be able to have that conversation and talk about what your interests are, your curiosities, so that you can have a more fulfilling sex life and do it in a way that builds more intimacy and connection in your marriage. Hubba hubba. Oh yeah. In this conversation, we'll learn how everyone is wired with one of the five different erotic blueprints. Kind of think of it like the five sex languages. Like um, love languages. Exactly. Um, and the upside and downside of each erotic blueprint and how we can come together sexually, even if we're wired differently. Honey, do you think we have different erotic blueprints? You know we do. Oh, I think we do. Yeah. I think we're going to find about a little bit more about where we're coming from and what turns us on. So let's get into the conversation with Susan Acker. So we are joined on the podcast today by Susan Acker. She is a certified sex and relationship coach, and she just loves sparking the connection and igniting passion in couples. She is the founder of couplesignited.com, and she is certified in erotic blueprints. Can't wait to find out more about that. Yes. Um, welcome to the show, Susan Acker. Glad to have you today. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. 
So what on earth got you into becoming a sex coach and um first of all first of all hold on hold on hold back up the i'm super curious I am about so this. excited <laughs> to to talk about something like this with a fellow cpcc yeah okay tell our like listeners what people, that means we talk to people from all kinds of different coaching and counseling and pastoral backgrounds and all kinds of stuff like that mm-hmm. and it just you know it, yeah. Immediately, Susan, you know, Susan and I had a call a few days ago and immediately I was like, oh, she's my people. I know. I felt exactly the same way. Okay. CPCC for our listeners. Okay, so break it down. That's fancy letters after our names that basically yeah. we're trained by the world's oldest, largest, and most respected coach training organization. Thank you. Thank you for breaking that down. So she's our type of coach is what you're saying. Yes. What got you in to being a sex coach, Susan? Super curious. Yeah. Well, I guess, um, coaching just became a love of mine. Like, uh, as soon as I took the first course with CTI, I just felt like I was coming home. I felt so connected to the people in the course and it, it just started spiraling out into all my personal relationships and I'm married. I love my husband dearly, totally hundred percent committed to him. And the great thing about coaching is it, it allows you to get to know yourself and it gives you cur- the courage actually to, to start, um, you know, really getting to know your partner as well. And as I was getting to know myself, I realized that there were things that I wanted and desires that I had. And I was holding back, like I was in the bedroom, like in the realm of sex. And I realized that there was secrets that I was keeping to myself and I wasn't communicating to my husband. And as time went on, I realized if I don't actually have the courage to go there with him and talk to him what I'm wanting, that our marriage might not last. It it might break up. And that wasn't acceptable to me. So I just became really interested and like curious about sex. So I started like researching it. I started talking to friends about it. I started talking to my husband a little bit about it. And then all of a sudden, this amazing uh, world famous sexologist named Jaya. So Jaya.com, she's the founder of Erotic Blueprint. I found out about her. I did her amazing quiz online. I discovered which erotic blueprint I am. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I have full acceptance for who I am and what I like. And I realized that my husband was a little bit different, but I understood him better. So I just fell in love with it. And I, I went, I signed up for all of her courses. I did her coach training. I got certified in that coach training as well. Um, so that's basically how I, it's just, I was just passionate about it and affected my life and changed my life. And so I decided to focus in that area. Tell us a little bit more about that season. You said you felt like you had kind of these, um, interests or longings inside of you that you weren't really expressing to your husband because you thought, you know, it might be weird or something like that. Tell us a little bit more about how you realized you were kind of on a different page. Yeah. Well, well, the first thing was I was just feeling a little bit um, unsatisfied or unfulfilled, you know, like our sex life was great. We had a a wonderful sex life, but there seemed to be more that I wanted and I wasn't even sure what it was. I didn't really even know what I wanted. And so it was really difficult. It was confusing and it took so much courage because I didn't have all the answers. And and I started thinking if, if I don't figure this out, this could destroy my marriage. So was your husband seeming dissatisfied or disconnected? Like how was he acting as far as your sex life went? Well, 
he thought everything was great because our, our life was fantastic. And I think what happened more for him, it was like when I started to open up and share what else I wanted to experience, he started to get afraid. Like, mm, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know what that, because we started realizing we're not like that. We, we don't have exactly the same interests. And so you get afraid when you're not as familiar with it. And when you start seeing, you know, that, that there's something you might not know. Sure. Right. And it's, it's, it's incredibly scary just to ask or to broach the subject yeah. of, of like even an intimate relationship feeling judged or like, Oh, you're the weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, there's so much shame around yeah. sex. There's so much shame. Like you have this picture in your mind, like you've seen all these movies or television shows, or you talk to your friends and people communicate what they think is appropriate what is the right way to be turned on or what is the right way to um, have a relationship? And then what happens if inside you, you don't actually get turned on by those things. And then everybody starts pretending or try, trying to be the best that they can be. So they start pretending to be what the stereotypical way is out there. And, and then there's loss of connection because you're not actually being authentically you. You're not, you're not really showing up truthfully in what turns you on or, and you're not communicating that. So your relationship ends up not being as hot and spicy as it could be. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about these erotic blueprints. So there's five of them. What are the five erotic blueprints that everybody kind of falls into? Yeah, sure. Okay. So the first one um, I'll talk about is called the energetic and um, the energetic blueprint is really turned on mostly by anticipation So it's not so much about, you know, actually being touched or anything like that. It's a lot about the energy between two people. And so people who are energetic, they'll actually have a hard time talking about what turns them on because it's more uh, the energy or the anticipation, the longing, that kind of thing. And the type of touch that would turn on an energetic is, is almost like just getting really close to or really like butterfly touches that turns them on. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the almost kiss, like that moment, the movie hitch several years ago, Will Smith talked about it. It's, it's about that moment Mm -hmm. right before the touch. Yeah. Like you're like, it's like in the movies, if they show people about to kiss, but they don't just go for it right away, they approach each other and it's really slow and they're eye gazing and it's in that moment of the eye gazing and the closeness of the faces that an energetic will feel the most turned on and the most energy flowing through their body. Yeah. And then there's always like this shadow side or dark side of every blueprint, which makes them really interesting. So the dark side of the energetic blueprint is um, they're kind of like, they feel like they're better than everyone else. Like that their way of being turned on is it's like a hierarchical view of it. Like if you're, if you're turned on by something else, like if you're turned on by uh, poetry and, and, and roses, they can kind of like be, that's, that's so below me kind of thing like that. You guys really need to aim higher because energy it's more spiritual. Like you get into the tantric sex type of thing. And so energetics can be a little bit judgmental of the other blueprints. Interesting. And then I'm wondering too, like when it actually comes to like the sex acts, are they kind of like, eh, 
whatever, you know, like, or are they just yeah. into the foreplay kind of a thing? And then after we're, you know, when they're actually having sex, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, it's nice, but <laughs> yeah, they, that's a great question. Yeah. They are definitely much more interested in the foreplay and in the energy and, and all of that. And that's what gets them warmed up. So I guess like everybody has a little bit of all the different blueprints. So, um, if you do enough energetic with an energetic blueprint, then all of the physical touch and everything will be, will go well and they can have sex and enjoy it as well. So that, cause you have percentages of each of them. However, one good thing to know is that if, if somebody's very high percentage, like primary blueprint is energetic and you go too quickly to physical touch or that you, the other uh, shadow side is their body will shut down. They'll become numb. They won't feel anything because they're protecting themselves. It's just too intense. They just won't feel a thing. Okay. So that's mm. the first one. What's our second one? Okay. Second one will be sensual. Sensual is what uh, typically people associate with women, I would say, you know, that they love beauty. So if you set up a romantic room with beautiful atmosphere and roses, and if it smells good, anything for the senses, if it looks good and smells good, if the music is playing in it and that sounds gorgeous, if you're running a bath with bubbles and you get into it, but just the sensation of the warm water on your skin, massaging turns on sensuals, like contoured touch, like touching with your full hand and like with some force, like not light, like energetic, but actual full physical body contact, Mm. um, is, uh, what a sensual would turn on a sensual. And uh, is there a shadow ugly side to the sensual? Every one of them has a shadow side. Oh, okay. Okay, So so here's the thing, like essentials, they often get caught up in their head. Like they'll be, if there's something in the room, like uh, (laughs) if there's a basket of laundry in the room and everything else is perfect, they might not be able to get turned on because their mind is still focused on the fact that that one thing is not beautiful. That one thing in the room has to be folded. They they just can't focus. They can't concentrate on sex because their mind, they get stuck in their head. Mm. Yes. I feel like that, that probably would be a good typical woman go-to uh, blueprint too. Cause I feel like for me, I always, you know, I can get caught up in loops in my head all the time. It's like, yeah. Oh wait, I got to do this later when we're done. I'm going to go do this and this and I yeah. got to text this person and blah, blah, blah. I know, honey, that makes you feel super good to know how <laughs> distracted I am. But Oh, baby, baby. Oh, baby. Siri, remind me to call so-and-so <laughs> in 15 minutes. Um, I'm not going to own up to that, but um, it may have crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, <laughs> okay. so there's a tip this, for this one's hitting a little too close to home, Susan. <laughs> a little too close to home. Oh. There's some truth in this one. Uh, All right, how about the third one? Uh, moving right along, Danielle says. Okay, the third one is sexual. So sexual, they're kind of like what a lot of people would stereotype a man. A man is sexual. All they're interested in is just going right to sex. They're interested in genitals, nudity, porn, getting right down to business. For them, the orgasm is the goal. If they don't have the orgasm, if they don't get hard, or if they, like, it's all about that. It's all about the genitals and climax. 
Yeah, I was about to say there's got to be a there's got to be an ugly shadow to this one. Yeah, I mean, the, so sexual blueprint is great because they're so simple, right? Like it's really it's pretty easy to turn on, usually to turn on a sexual type, um, because it's understandable because it ha- that's basically what you're taught in school when it comes to sex education, what what how the genitals work and all of that. But the shadow side is that they don't get the other blueprints, like they don't understand it. They don't understand what this energy thing, like if you put a sexual with an energetic, there can be some challenges there because the sex, the sexual won't at all understand what that is. They don't feel that energy in anticipation. They're like, please touch my genitals. That's what I want you to do. That feels good. They don't get the not touching. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, and, and so if you put an energetic with a, a sexual, the energetic might be like, that is so prime prim- primitive. Like the way that you're approaching sex is so primitive, right? It's so below them kind of thing. So there's, there's a, it's fun working with couples like that because you can educate them a lot and have them play yeah. in like the, anyway, so yeah. So, so the, that's interesting that you bring that up, the couples. Um, how can you get someone who is the sexual blueprint to like, can you get them to feel that energy? Yeah, um, that's the beautiful thing. Like with erotic blueprint coaching, part of it is actually expanding into other blueprints and healing the shadow sides, like healing the dark sides of your blueprint, what's holding you back. And also helping you understand the other blueprints and play in the other blueprints and expand and find turn on in the other blueprints. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, that interesting. is interesting. Sounds like, interesting, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to think of, you know, if Justin is sexual and I'm energetic to try the other one and just like almost, I feel like you would almost go through it robotically. Like, I don't like this, but you will. Yay. Well, get here's the thing. A sexual <laughs> wants to have sex, right? So right. it's very easy. It's like a carrot. Like if you want to have sex and have an orgasm, we can try these things. And we'll, so they will commit to that. Like sexuals love sex. They love orgasms. So they're, they're actually quite willing to try to open their minds and try anything. They're quite playful and they, they have very little shame around sex, which is great. So if a sexual is matched with any of the other blueprints, even if they don't understand it, they could get curious and like play around with it because it, they love sex. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It doesn't hold them back. All right, so the next blueprint yeah. is kinky. If a person is kinky, they are defining what is making them kinky. And it's just anything that they consider is a little bit taboo or out of the box. For some reason, they are turned on by something that they feel is maybe not the norm or not standard. That's what excites them. Yeah. And there's two types of kinky. So generally, like there's some, I mean, it can look very different for many, many different people. But generally, like if you go with stereotypes that are in the, you know, that are in movies and stuff like that, you've got two different types of kinky. There's the psychological kinky. And so that's kind of like where you're turned on when somebody has, like if there's power play, like if there's um, one person in control and one person surrendering to that other person. If you're trying to control if there's any bondage or um, uh, BDSM, like that kind of stuff usually falls within the kinky realm. And then the other thing is, um, so there's psychological and sensation. So like 
a kinky person could be turned on by things that you would think, why would you be turned on by that? Like being slapped or scratched or pinched like those sense. Usually you would think those sensations are not pleasurable. A kinky person might find those sensations pleasurable. And you can be, if you're kinky, you could be both, or you could just be one. You might just be psychological kinky where you fantasize by things that are out of the norm, or you might just be impact or sent, uh, uh, sensation kinky, which is this just the, the the way that you like to be touched or confined, is what turns you on. So, what's the yeah. shadow version of kinky? Yeah. So, the shadow version of kinky is that if you find a kinky, like something that you like that's kinky, you might get stuck like in the graveyard of this is the only route to turn on for you. Like if this one thing that's out of the norm, like you have this one fantasy that turns you on if you can't generate that fantasy or if you can't wear the certain thing or if you can't have the certain thing then you're you can't get turned on at all so it's like a kind of a graveyard and you get stuck in exactly the same thing over and over again i love the term graveyard there Mm -hmm. it's so true um, what in sex or, or, or in anything when you get to that place where there's only one way and it's it, it it the only way to get through to something is that one path it just mm. you miss out on so much yeah and yeah exactly so much, growth, so much opportunity so much learning I love yeah, and you want to have as much pleasure in your life as you can and if you're stuck and you only have one route it's like just one highway and then but imagine having different paths to, to go and explore, you know, pleasure with your partner. I yeah. could, I could think that the kinky one is probably where a lot of people have that shame or that where there's a lot of outer influences, you know, yeah. either coming into their head or just their paradigm or whatever, mm-hmm. where they feel like they have to suppress this. this you got it. Yeah, a lot of shame. Yeah, that's, a, of that's a huge, that's one of the huge, huge shadow sides of kinky. Like if um, kinky people often not talk about what they like. They will just hide themselves their whole life. They'll just hide what turns them on. They won't share. They won't be able to talk about it. Um, and so it's a lot, it's really painful for them. They could walk through life just never actually experiencing any kind of real sexual or erotic pleasure because there's, they've got so much shame that they're holding. So working with a, a sex coach on that will help. And what I love about the erotic blueprints is it allows you to accept yourself, like accept those parts of you that yeah you're like i'm not wrong yeah yeah i'm wired differently than uh, you know 80 percent of the population or whatever and it seems like much like a myers-briggs or a disc or a personality assessment it's not a box to jump into and close the lid yeah it's a spectrum yeah and you you have a leaning Mm -hmm. but there's ability to to flex and move and try and experiment yeah, and imagine this. So imagine you're one blueprint and you start exploring other blueprints and then start getting turned on by the other blueprints. Just imagine like sex is one of these wonderful things that you, it's like the adult playground, right? It's where we can have fun and experience all this great stuff. Looking at the different blueprints that there's all these different games that you can play, different scenarios, different things you can try so it, it just opens everything up 
We'll get back to our conversation with Susan Acker in just a moment, but we have something we want to tell you about. Yeah, we talk about this all the time, how important having a community around you really is. It's important for men to have a group of men. It's important for women to have a group of women. And it is essential for couples to have a community of other couples around them. So join us each Thursday evening at 8 o'clock Central for the Marriage Masterclass, where we break down those tough conversations that couples really need to have to build more intimacy and connection in your marriage. And we'll give you the skills that you need to come out on the other end even closer than ever. And get this, we only offer this inside of our community on Facebook. So check it out at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Come join our tribe of couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage and be a part of the conversation. We know you'll love it. Now back to our conversation with Susan Acker. All right. And then there's the last one, which is, isn't that shapeshifter? It is shapeshifter. So shapeshifter is actually, it is all of them all mixed up together. So a shapeshifter is somebody that actually needs the other, all four of the other blueprints in order to be fully fulfilled erotically. And so if they're only getting one of the blueprints or two of the blueprints, they, they might feel unfulfilled, even if the, even if the ex- sexual experiences that they're having in those other blueprints is off the charts amazing, they'll still feel empty or hungry for something more because they haven't been fed in the other blueprints. Mm, a smorgasbord. Yeah. And what's amazing about a shapeshifter is they're kind of like the most sophisticated blueprint because if you're with a shapeshifter, they can shift into, they are often like, this is kind of the, like, it's great for the person who's with the shapeshifter, that the shapeshifter can shift into their partner's blueprint. And so their partner feels fully satisfied in their erotic life. And the shapeshifter enjoys that, but they're missing the rest of it. So often shapeshifters, like the the shadow side, is they don't even know who they are because they so easily shift into everybody else's desires and wants. They don't know what they need. And then they feel like they're too much and they, they're kind of lost. They don't know who they are. The, every, the sex they're having is great, but they're still feeling unfulfilled. So the, so the ideal situation for a shapeshifter would be to hit all the different categories in one encounter. Yeah, well, actually, there's two types of shapeshifters. So one, the two types is, one is they need all of them all at the same time. <laughs> so oh, wow. If you're, if you're a shape, a part, if your partner's a shapeshifter, you kind of want like eight arms to be able to do everything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, it can be overwhelming because they just want more, 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 more of everything. Like, they want the anticipation, and then they want, they definitely want genital touch, but then they also want the massage and the romance and the music, and they, they want everything. They want some, some surrender and some control and surrender power play. And then they want the energetic, like they want it all in the same situation. So it's very exciting. And, and then the other type of shapeshifter needs all of them throughout their life. Like it, like throughout the, it doesn't have to be all in the same incident, but let's say during the day or during the week, they need to be playing in the different blueprints all the time. Then what's the shadow there? Yeah. So the shadow, okay. So this is very sad. The poor shapeshifter actually has the shadows of all the blueprints. They have shame. They can go numb. They can get stuck in their head. They can, they have 
the potential of having having all of the different shadows. But I think the the biggest thing is that they can feel lost and just not know what really that they want. They just don't know who they are. I'm wondering for couples that feel like they could, you know, this is interesting to them. What's showing up in the bedroom currently for them that's kind of leaving them flat? I think the first key, the first clue would be that they're, they are feeling unfulfilled. They're feeling a little bit unfulfilled in their relationship. Oh, here's a good one. This is a very, very popular one. So one or both of the people in the relationship might just avoid sex, might not want, they're not getting what they need out of it. And so they might give up and they might not want to have sex. So one partner might want to have sex more often than the other. And the other partner's just not interested because they're not being fed the way that they want to be fed. And it's not working. Also, if you're thinking about having an affair, like if you're thinking, trying to find something outside of the relationship, that's sort of a a clue that you're not fully fulfilled in your erotic life. And um, it could be because you're not feeding each other um, sexually the way that you each need to be fed. It's interesting because there's, there's this balancing act, I I think, because there's, there's something uh, incredibly powerful about the container of a committed relationship, like a marriage Mm -hmm. where you, you have the opportunity to, to work through all of the, this on the sexual side and there's all the other complexities of the relationship and and life and kids yeah. and everything else that, that play into it and so I guess not ending up using sex to try to solve everything else is a way of numbing out of the the mm-hmm. other discord or conflict or stresses yeah what do, what do you want to say about that well I think that I love what you, what you just said. I feel like if um, a couple just jumps into sex and, um, unconsciously, like just going into it, then just to, to get uh, pleasure out of it and that's it, but there's nothing wrong with it as long as they're, they're you know, that, that's okay. But the beauty or the, the, the doorway that's opened when you start talking about what your preferences are and things like that. Or when you start working with a coach or start to like figure out what your blueprint is and all of that is that you get to know who you are. You get to reveal, like you get to know who you are and there's a self-acceptance part and a confidence, which is really sexy too. And then the vulnerability opens up, right? You're opening up the real you to your partner and that creates incredible connection with your partner. So it might be really scary to admit to your partner. Like, actually, it might be really scary for to admit any, any like, especially, I would say kinky because of all the shame. If a kinky person were to have the courage to start opening up that conversation with somebody that they love, then their partner holds a really protected space for them to have a discussion then there can be acceptance and they can talk about how they can, how, how can they make this work in their relationship? What I noticed is with everybody who has done this work is that there's a very, very quick, rapid transformation, growth and bond that happens between the couples that have the courage to do this kind of work. Yeah. It's, it's almost like when we actually have a healthy conversation about something that's really important, yeah. it builds intimacy and connection. It absolutely builds intimacy and connection. 
and you, you're revealing more of who you are and you're yeah. being honest and authentic. And, and you that, find that transfers past the bedroom too. Like if mm-hmm. they're, you know, engaging in their sexual blueprint and having those conversations and trying new things. And does that carry over to the rest of life? It really does because it's a level of fulfillment. Like people are always looking for a level of fulfillment, fulfillment. So fulfilling job, a fulfilling relationship. And when you're totally fed in your erotic or sexual type, like when you really connected and bonded with your partner on a physical level and they've stimulated you mentally and emotionally and physically, then you're more available to do everything in the world. Like you're more available to give back, to have gratitude for the planet, for yourself, for your world. You've got more energy. Like it's so healthy. And there's studies, I can't remember what Jaya, um, I remember when I was doing the coach training program, she just listed off like for five minutes, all of the health benefits of having a really healthy sex life and relationship. I mean, from diabetes to like lowered blood pressure to like real scientific health benefits to it, which unfortunately I can't ramble off right now, but. Well, I mean, just like there, there's things like cancer and depression and it really does range the gamut. I was doing some of that, that research and it's, it's really it's really amazing. It is yeah. kind of across the board. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm wondering, how do you key in on what your blueprint is if you don't know? Well, the easiest way just to start off with is that quiz that I mentioned. Like yeah. you can go to jaya.love and uh, click on take the quiz and then just answer a few quick questions and then it, it'll uh, tell you what your main blueprint is and then all the percentages of the other blueprints that you happen to have. Um, so that's basically, um, the easiest way. And then really when I'm working with my clients, like they'll, I'll always have them do the quiz first. And then we talk, we talk about what turns them on, what they like. And then we, we experiment because a lot of people have made up their mind, like, especially women, women will be like, well, I'm definitely a sensual type because that's the most acceptable type. I am the romantic type. I have zero kinky and I'm, I'm, I'm not sexual. Cause that's like just too vulgar or whatever. Like they might have it set up in their mind. But what I found really interesting is that when you start really doing your self-reflection and testing the theories on yourself, like on your body, like just seeing how your body responds to the different types of stimulant stimulation, you actually discover other things that turn you on and it, it opens up a whole other world. So it's really just about learning number one learn what the different blueprints are and then play with them to see how your body responds to them okay so we did take the quiz yeah so what was your i was mine was a tie we haven't talked much about this at all oh cool a few days ago and and wanted to wanted to kind of mine was a tie between sexual and sensual it was a tie it was like they were both 27 percent or something like that what was yours um, mine, it, mine, I, I think it Yours was, was kinky. it was, it was, it was kinky. Uh, I think it was skewed a little bit. It's, yeah. it's not me, you know, being afraid of it Yeah. Oh, it sure. was skewed a little bit because I was doing a bunch of research for, for uh, another episode. Our kinky yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll own that. Yeah. And, and what helped me own it is just the sense of something I read about just the sense of adventurous. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, okay, there, yes, like, yes. Adventure, like, like, like yeah. let's go and, and hike a mountain or hike your mountain, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I think, I, I think honestly, it's probably a tie for me between kind of kinky and sensual. Yeah. Now, if you find that your spouse is in a different blueprint than you are. Yeah. Like we are. Yeah. How do you, how do you go about that? Yeah. What, well, do, we, what do we do now, coach? What do you do now? Like <laughs> great thing, the great thing is that you're both like, you're both smiling right now. And you it, like the sense that I'm getting is that this looks like it could be a lot of fun to explore. Right. So sure. if you're, yeah. So the first thing would be like to get, if you're, if you discover that you're a different blueprint, then the first thing is open up the line of communication and find that, see if you can get on the same page of, Hey, what's the opportunity here? Are you open to exploring this to see if we can take our love life up to the next level? And if they say yes, then it's about real honest communication. Okay. Well, tell me what if you're this blueprint, if you're like kinky, sensual, what does that mean? Like ask questions, what turns you on? And it's really important that the person asking not be judgmental Yes. and like really like just be curious, come from a place of curiosity. Like you're, you have no idea what it is. Try not to make any assumptions and just ask tons of questions about it. Mm-hmm. and and share share information like just share information about what turns you on just having the discussion might turn you on <laughs> so that itself opening up the lines of communication might improve your 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 love life um and then working with a coach is great like learning more about all of the ins and outs like how how to speak the different blueprints how to like what is the ideal date for your blueprint. Like you can have these great adventure dates where we plan dates for each other. So, uh, you know, Danielle, you could like plan this surprise date for Justin where he doesn't know what he's going to be doing. And you just try to think, well, what are the things that a kinky sensual would love? I love this idea so much. I'm already crying. Oh, (laughs) honey, you're like writing notes down. This is my date, Danielle. Slip me the paper. This is my date. No, but here, this is what I'm wondering. So if Justin says something like, you know, what would really turn me on is to have sex on top of the Empire State Building. And I was like, First of all, like my, I really have Which to would self- never happen because well, I'm not a fan of heights. Well, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's and just say for the sake of argument. Just, yeah. <laughs> and um, in my mind, I'm like, holy crap, what the hell? We're never doing that, you know? And, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm like trying to be curious and I'm like, okay, so, so what about that turns you on? It, yes. Good. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. if I get to the point where he's just like, well, it just sounds like, you know, I would love to get away and have an adventure and, you know, you know, all that kind of thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the empire state building, but the, the, uh, the stealing away on a romantic weekend or something is what is really appealing yeah. to him. Then I key into that where I think if you, if you fall into the trap of not being curious and you hear empire state building and you go into freak out mode, but then you're like, Oh, I'm supposed to be the good wife here. Uh, he needs to have sex in a public place. Okay. I guess I'll do it. And yeah. 
then you build up all this resentment and weirdness and yeah. you know, exactly. where you jump to this place you didn't need to jump to. Yeah. And, yeah. and playing to the, playing to the genders, gender stereotypes, like the same thing for guys, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, I've got to drop a thousand dollars on dinner and flowers and bubble baths and, and, you know, mm-hmm. have some tantric, we're, we're doing this, this thing like you're doing in the mirror where you're moving your hands at the same time or something, yeah. man, I just like, come and all, on. all I want is two I, hours. Ain't away nobody from, got time for that stuff. All I want is two hours away from the kids. That's all I want. I don't need a thousand dollars on bubble baths. Yeah. You know, yeah. so if you're curious, you could get to that point I, I where think, you're like, I just need a babysitter for two hours. Yeah, that's all I, I need. <laughs> that's it's, I mean, we're hitting on something because uh, I think in the past when we've tried to have conversations about this stuff, not knowing our blueprints and not really, you know, I don't know let's, let's, let's make things better quickly moves to uh, defensiveness and judgment and this kind of a closedness. And, and it's just, it's or a strong arming. Like, yeah. if you love me, you'll try this, you know, that kind of a thing. And it's I'm like, I'm never going to do that, Danielle. <laughs> No, you the totally he's talking nailed. about is, is, is beyond, if there's like a sick <laughs> blueprint Justin. and no, I just wanted to underline or say again, what you said, Danielle, cause that is the, the trick. A lot of people will jump to a conclusion. Like if a couple's having a conversation about what their blueprint is and, um, let's say it's kinky. Cause that seems to be the one that has a lot of negative, um, emotions around it. So if a partner goes to their partner to say, well, I'm, I've, I identify as kinky. If you make an assumption about what that means, often like your head, like the partner that's not kinky might go to the, to the most extreme, like, Oh my God, we're doomed. Like there's no way. Cause I don't have a kinky bone in my body. And what you said, Danielle, about just being open, it's like, asking those questions. So what turns you on? And then if they go to like, okay, actually this turns me on. Okay, cool. What is it about that that turns you on? Keep digging deeper. Like, and what else about that turns you on? What about this? And, and like, it's, if you look at it like a pool, you don't have to dive into the deep end. You can start in like, just dip your foot in the water, like on yeah. one yeah, that's it. Just start slow. And you can usually couples, there's really tiny, little, easy peasy little ways to sneak into the different blueprints and expand really safe and easy. And I feel like sometimes this is such an awkward conversation that even if I'm trying to express what turns me on, I may not be able to even like express it or come up with the words or the scenario because I'm so not used to talking about it and being Mm -hmm. able to express it that I actually need him to ask me the questions and be curious to get to the point. I might start with, you know, the empire state building and be just because I have no, I have nothing to grasp onto. I feel like I'm floating out there and I'm like, I have no idea. You need to help me here. (laughs) I I think what's brilliant about the blueprints that, that quiz and the, the idea of talking about it in terms of blueprints rather than going, Hey, so I really want to tie you up using Mm -hmm. 85 feet of, of (laughs) nylon cord and shove a plug up your butt and do this and this and this and this and so on and so forth. And and, and your spouse is sitting there going, uh, good morning. I haven't had my coffee yet. 
<laughs> um, instead of going into like this specific thing that you saw in a movie or in porn or read in a, in a, in a book or somebody was telling you they tried or whatever it was mm-hmm. instead of going to something specific saying, looking at what's the desire, like, Hey, let's yeah. have a conversation about our desires yeah. from this, this kind of a blueprint perspective. I think yeah. it, it starts the conversation on a, on a stronger footing, on a healthier footing. And then you can design it together. Like how much yeah. it's going to be way better for both of us. If we're able to both participate instead of the yeah. whole nylon rope plug situation, yeah. like well, and, you and I, and I could design something together mm-hmm. and it would be like a silk scarf and like mm, yeah. um, a chocolate strawberry in my mouth instead of an old dirty sweat sock. Like, I mean, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Well, but, but here's the thing. And we're talking about, we're talking about kink because again, it's the one, it's the one that has the most, um, shame and, and, you know, shadowy stuff around it mm-hmm. in our culture. Yeah. And what I learned and Susan, t- tell me, tell me if this feels in alignment, but what I learned in doing the research is, um, the, the fact of the matter is most of what is depicted yeah. In, in the culture, in movies and television and books and porn and music and all of it about kink and, and like BDSM and all of that is wildly inaccurate to what the heart of it really is and is really, frankly, beyond unhealthy. Yeah, it, yeah. It's demeaning and destructive. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. The, the beautiful thing about um, kink is that you if you're doing it properly, is that it is about consent, about consent with your partner. And something too, like if somebody's saying, oh, if somebody is curious because of all of the popular culture stuff that that's going on and they like, I think it'll be cool if I'm kinky and I'm going to try to be that for someone else. The actual, the root of it is, um, there is a level of deep love and respect for your partner, like both ways yeah. and communication between the two of you about what it is that you're entering in. Um, yes. Yeah. I think that's true of, of any of the blueprints. I think it's, it's, it's the place that we have to begin. Mm-hmm. To talk about, about physical intimacy in any kind. Mm-hmm. Um, with kink, oh my gosh. With kink, there's boundaries and like there's, yeah. there's things that often you don't actually talk about in a relationship. You just avoid talking about it. But when, when you're talking about that, it's actually so vitally important for the relationship um, that it teaches you so much. Like your relationship then outside of the bedroom is so incredible because you know what boundaries are. You know how to protect each other's boundaries and, and how each other's minds work. Yeah. All right, Susan, man, you have really uh, motivated Ooh. us and a lot of other couples. <laughs> I think we're going to have to schedule to have a the, session. The second <laughs> yeah. talk. We're going to have to have the, it's not like the awkward sex talk that we got when we were 16. This will be like the good sex talk. Honey. Yeah. Yes. Let's I'll bring it on. Opportunity and turn on and pleasure. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you, Susan, so much for being yeah, on the show thank today. You. Thank you so much for inviting me. I had such a good time. You guys are awesome. Yeah, it makes so much sense that you might have different languages or blueprints that you talk in the bedroom. Yes. Um, I just feel like you can come from this place. I know for us, it can be sometimes just frustrating where you're just like, you don't know where to start. You don't even know 
what to even talk about or where to go. I know sometimes I can feel like such a dummy when it comes to sex conversations. I'm like, um, just do the thing and the thing in the thing and the other thing. That's a lot of things. Well, but the cool thing now is we're inspired because Susan has given us an easy way to talk about our different blueprints. I love having a framework that gives us a way to talk about what we're interested in and what we're curious about. So to really find out what is your erotic blueprint, jump on jaya.love, figure out which blueprint you are and your spouse do it too. And then the two of you, here's the challenge, have a conversation about your erotic blueprints and uh, where to go from there. See what happens. See what happens. We'll put the address for that quiz in the show notes as well. And in the process, whether you do it or don't do it, you get to a place of building more intimacy and connection. And that's what we are all about. Yes, I love it. And you know what? We're going to have even more of that next week on the show. Yes. We're, oh my goodness. We are going to continue to talk about sex um, from a more adventurous perspective. So we're going to be diving into kink with our guest, uh, kink coach, Veronica Jans. And she's going to be demystifying the kinky world um, and just give couples a way to have a conversation about uh, the kinkier side of sex that is safe and fun and adventurous. So let's take a listen to a little bit of our conversation with Veronica Jans. So to me, kink is about embracing and exploring your sexuality, your relationships, and your life in a way that goes against the grain of what society expects from you. And so... Kink is very much a moving, sliding scale. So what may be kinky for you could be what you two do every Tuesday night. And what may be kinky for me could be too kinky for somebody over here that they would never dream of in a thousand years. So as you might have been able to tell from that clip, this conversation was a bit intimidating for me, especially. Yeah, feel free to listen in and laugh at our expense. Um, There's plenty to laugh at in it. But the fact of the matter is, this conversation tests our, our value system, our thinking, our views in a way that uh, was really challenging. And yet, it's in the middle of those conversations as a couple that you're able to build more intimacy and connection. So we really want to challenge you to listen in and enjoy it and then have a conversation afterwards. And so then we'll talk about this and all the other topics from the podcast in the Facebook group this week. So come join the conversation in our free community on Facebook. That's right. It's a private group for men and women to support and encourage and inspire and just share stories about transforming marriage from ordinary to legendary. Yeah, just search for Legendary Marriage Group on Facebook or visit legendarymarriage.com slash community. That's right. You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 063. Don't forget to jump on iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.